Okay, today's reading is Luke chapter 11. And in this chapter, Jesus talks about prayer. We have the Lord's Prayer here in Luke's account. He, we read about his authority over Satan. He predicts his resurrection. He corrects the scribes and the Pharisees' understanding of what it means to be holy and righteous. And there are several things we could focus on in this chapter. Um, but I just want to highlight briefly two things that appear early in the chapter. Um, the first uh, thing comes from the, the Lord's Prayer here, and it has to do with eternal life and daily bread. Eternal life and daily bread. So like I said, the first thing we encounter in this chapter is Luke's account of the Lord's Prayer. And we could spend a, a long time studying this rich prayer, but I want to draw your attention to one particular petition in it. And it's in verse 3 where Jesus says, teaches us to pray, give us each day our daily bread. Give us each day our daily bread. Now, first of all, I want to point out to you something that, that lies behind this verse in the Greek. And I'll just say, say everybody, I think, uh, would benefit from learning a little biblical Greek. One thing about biblical Greek is that uh, they often put the words they want to emphasize at the beginning of the sentence. I don't want to get too technical on you, but in English, it sort of matters how we, uh, the order in which we put the words. Uh, if, if we should say the, uh, the man hit the dog, that makes a lot of sense. But if we say the dog hit the man, uh, it, would make it, it would be weird. Um, but in, in Greek, it didn't matter what, what order they put the words in the sentence. And so they would often put the most important words, what to them were the most important, at the beginning of the sentence. So, for example, in John 1, 1, where it says, and the word was God, it a in the Greek it actually says, and God was the word. Because John wanted to emphasize the godness of the word, or the Lord Jesus Christ, so he put it at the front. And so also here in, in the Greek, Luke doesn't record Jesus as saying, give us each day our daily bread in that order. He actually writes, our bread for the day, give us each day. Our bread for the day, give us each day. He puts the emphasis on our bread for today. Jesus is teaching them and to us uh, to trust God for everything we need right now, today. And there are a couple of problems with this for us, though, practically speaking. For one, we often tend to focus uh, on others in prayer, and it's not a bad thing, to the neglect of carrying our own needs before the Lord, which is a bad thing. We have needs. We have daily needs. And the Lord wants us to bring them to him. Uh, for another, when it comes to our own needs, we often divide them up into different categories, probably not consciously, of course. Our, our division, uh, one division of uh, daily needs we create is things that are so small that we feel they are completely within our control, and thus we don't make them a matter of prayer, so we don't pray for them. Another division of daily needs we create is things that are much bigger in our minds, at least, that perhaps have been significant sources of stress and anxiety, but we don't really and truly um, believe deep down that prayer will do much good to change the situation, so we don't pray for them either. But we need to get over it. Jesus told us to bring our daily bread needs to him and he stressed daily bread and if we can't handle or change if we I should say if we believe that he can't handle or change uh, whatever our daily bread may be we don't know God 
And we are often a conflicted people. We trust God wholeheartedly for our eternal life, but we scarcely trust him at all for our daily bread. The truth is, though, when we see God faithfully answering us in the small things, it increases our faith and our trust in him for the big things. And if we're of a mind that the Lord simply doesn't want to intervene in our mess-ups, consider what Jesus has to say just a few verses later in this chapter. And that's the other thing I want us to think about, and that is the goodness of God. Jesus continues in the next few verses after the Lord's Prayer um, to give instructions regarding prayer. And among those instructions, he tells us to be persistent in prayer. Be persistent. When he says in verse 9 to ask and seek and knock, all those words are in the present tense and have the connotation of continuous asking. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. And I just say, why does Jesus encourage us to be persistent in prayer for all things big and small? Well, the answer is that God always has our best interest in mind. Even when we don't, and we don't really even know what our best interest is, he promises that the Lord always, always gives us good things. He asks in verse 11, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Well, the answer is nobody would. And he asks in verse 12, or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Answer, nobody. And then he concludes in verse 13, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In other words, if we deeply desire to give our children what is good for them, and I know most of you don't have children, but one day you will, and you understand from your own parents' most of you toward you if 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 they if they know how to give good gifts to you and you will one day want to give good gifts to your children and we're evil he says and and that he's right why in the world would we ever imagine our gracious god and king sitting on his heavenly throne plotting and scheming to harm us in any way that is a lie of the devil that makes us look more righteous and good than god god is breathtakingly good he promised to all his people in Jeremiah 32, 40, I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. That, he said, is an everlasting promise. It means that he is still keeping that promise to you right now, and he will keep it every day for the rest of your life. So when you pray and you are tempted to give up praying, remember who it is to whom you pray. Remember that he not only, uh, according to Ephesians 1:11, works all things according to the counsel of his will, but Romans 8, 20, 28 says he also works all things together for good if you love him. Now, the truth is, what is good for us may be uh, to remain in a difficult situation for a while. There may be some refining in us that needs to be done, but all the while, be sure God is making you more like Jesus and he is setting you up for the greatest happiness and joy you've ever known. Be sure of that. All the good things he gives you now and they are many, if you have eyes to see them, are just crumbs that have graciously falling, fallen from the feasting table of the everlasting joy and gladness that awaits us when we see him face to face. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Let that be a, that, that joyful future uh, and that joyful hope seep into your daily work today. And that is Luke chapter 11.